Good morning, good afternoon, and good night, and welcome to the Amateur Otaku Podcast. How is everybody doing out there? I am Brandon Alvarado, the Scarlet Fan here, and I'm excited to be here with you guys to talk awesome anime. As always, we record anime that are that are going on currently, anime that people barely know of, but pretty much anime that everybody's fuck. Fuck. Good morning, good afternoon, and good night, and welcome to the Amateur Otaku Podcast. I am Brandon Alvarado, the Scarlet Fan here, and I'm very excited to be here with you guys to talk awesome anime once more. As usual, I am here, and I'm not, but I'm not, I'm here to talk awesome anime, but not alone, but with my great friend, a Punisher that rhymes with music. Why the name? I don't know, but then again, it's Isaac. How you doing, man? <laughs> yo, yo, Joe, Joe, Isaac is in the house. I, I have no idea what you just said, but all I know is that for some reason, it is the perfect time to talk anime. What do you think? <laughs> Absolutely. Awesome. So we're back, guys, with our coverage of the world ends with you. Um, for a couple of weeks, we haven't been able to follow up, but today we're gonna we're gonna talk about episode four, five, and six to continue our series where we talk about the animation based on the two thousand seven game of the same name, the World's End with You, which is a cult classic um, on Nintendo DS. Is it Nintendo DS and phones? From the great JRPG giant Square Enix, um, we uh, if you love what we do here at the Amateur Otaku, where we talk anime, manga, and more, um, make sure to click the like button and subscribe to our YouTube channel, and make sure you click on the and, bell uh, for notifications. Yeah, I was just gonna say, and uh, don't forget the bell. Yeah, don't forget to click on the bell for notifications so you do not miss any streams, any episodes, and anything on our channel. Also, if you like it in a podcast form, make sure to find us at whatever podcasts are found. The Amateur Otaku is available on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Radio Public, Stitcher, and all those other places that I do not know their names of but do exist. You can find us everywhere. We're like noise. We're everywhere. That was weird. So I'm excited here. Isaac, we're finally back. We're going to talk World Ends with you. The show is getting a lot darker. It's getting a lot serious, a lot more serious. Um, there's a lot of things going on. So I said, let's jump right in. Cool? Yeah. We, st- so, uh, start, uh, we start uh, taking the notes. Yeah. Oh, my God. It's, it's going to be <laughs> So episode four, literally... As we know from episode three, um, Chiki and Neku won the Reapers game. Chiki was able to acquire the gift of coming back to life. But as Neku decides to play again to fight for his life, 
because Shiki is the only thing that he cared about. She becomes his entrance fee. So now he is fighting for Shiki's survival, but also for answers. So um, this episode is called Reapers. It is very interesting because we kind of have a nice glimpse on the new composer, which I would say is the new Big Bad or Quasi Big Bad, right? Which is Minamimoto. Yeah. Um, we're introduced to his new partner, which is this very interesting character called Joshua. Um, I liked I liked the change of tone. I mean, we already knew that this was a show that dealt with death, that dealt with resurrection, that dealt with internal turmoil. But I liked the change of pace and change of tone um, that it's taking, where it's becoming a more mature show. Like I, I would say that in the beginning, it all felt serious but lighthearted. But now that we kind of know um, that Nebu has this connection with Chiki and he's trying to save her, I feel that the show has gone up in scale and in terms of stakes. And I appreciate it. I appreciate it a lot. What do you think? Yeah. And uh, it's sort of like it uh, reads through our, our emotion in a good in some good uh, beats uh, at times because when you see, uh, see her uh, vanishing because she is his entry fee, that that is emotionally effective, like a beautiful uh, piano solo in uh, a jazz soundtrack. Do you have these puns written down, damn it? It's <laughs> so bad. I don't think... Actually, I wonder, guys, let us know. Do you come here to hear a sock anime or to hear Isaac make puns? I would like to know. For some reason, I have a feeling there's got to be some crazy fan out there that's doing its their first blooper reel video of us. And it's all puns. <laughs> it's all your puns. <laughs> for, till the ends of time. <laughs> at the beat of the drum. Um for some reason, I have a feeling that there's a Linkin Park soundtrack going behind those puns. But then again, um, or actually, you know what? I am going to say the intro song, the opening for The World Ends With You, that song's fire. Like it has a lot of yeah. like Red Hot Chili Peppers vibe. Um, um, How does it just mean? About it? It, yes, it's uh, quite spicy. And oh my God. Um, <laughs> but what I mean by that is that Red Hot Chili Peppers was i mean it's always been huge but it was like a bigger name back in 2007 so it kind of feels like they're trying to bring back that feel you know what i mean um or maybe i'm being crazy as i usually am um hello 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 rabbit my old friend friend. um so again yeah right so we have the revelation of the new guy. Um, there's, an, there's apparently a new version of, of, of monsters. They're called Taboo Noise, which apparently they're a lot stronger. Um, which, of course, thinking that this is based on a video game, there has to be stronger foes as you move on. Especially a JRPG. You know, there's have to, there have to be um, different foes. I like that. The designs kind of look a little bit more different. Um, it, it does feel also very cartoony how the fact that they're completely black is how you differentiated them from the others. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like how in like old-fashioned JRPGs, 
um, the only the only way you know that the monster is stronger because the sprites were very limited. Even though it was the same sprite, if it was a different color, you know how you know how tough it is. You know what I mean? Yeah. So they're kind of like going for that, and 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 I, I like that video game nod to it. Um, I like the fact that the new composer is um, it's kind of like an artist, and he's like a a megalomaniacal um, artist that's like doing all these installations everywhere and. Um, I think it's a very interesting change of pace. Um, but I also like how... What, what do you think about that? I think you're pretty spot on. I think you have... Uh, I think you have learned uh, learn the soundtrack, so to speak, about this whole uh, scenario. You're not even trying, are you? You're just spewing puns. I'm not even going to try and save this pod. We're just, you know what? I'm going to start doing puns. Actually, I know. I suck. So, um, <laughs> dude, if people, uh, those that are, have listened to us, uh, knows that I'm a punster. So they are, they are very much aware. They are. They're here for the punishment. Um, yeah, I did that. Um, so I'm so proud of you. Bastard. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, so he's he looks interesting. Um, I like how he's like a very different character. A very it's a it's a huge like the, the difference in terms of the type of character that it is is big in comparison to the previous um, composer or leader or whatever. Yeah. So I like that. I like that Jesse and James are still a thing, <laughs> and they're still like around. You know what I mean? I was just um, gonna say they are still uh, feel screaming yes in James as if uh, the yes, creator is crazy. a big uh, is a big uh, fan of the anime and Pokemon anime. I mean, it's a Suya Nomura, so yeah. Um, what's um, that supposed to mean in that regard? I, I I don't know. He's he he's he's a person. Um, so yeah, true. So um, I like how you agreed. He's a person. That's true. <laughs> um, but I think the biggest thing from this episode, it's it's the new the new character Joshua. He's kind of like strange, um, and Neko's like reluctant to work with him at first, but he understands that without a partner, he can't use Sykes. But the biggest thing, of course, were the two revelations that happened at the end. The first one being. That beat is now a reaper. So we are led to understand not only that he chose to become a reaper, because just like Neku, Neku was giving two choices when he beat the reapers game. He was giving two choices. It was either become a reaper or play again. He chose to play again. But then again, think about this. So it's not just about the person that beats the composer it's about the people that survived the game because reap because beat didn't beat the previous composer it was neko and cheeky but you're led to believe that he survived all throughout the seven days so you got to assume that he was given the same choice does that make sense or at least a similar choice be a reaper or 
or uh, sort of likes to stop existing. Or maybe they they made him a Reaper without him knowing. So to speaking, he has have a different personality due to this, uh, him being a Reaper now. You know what? But that's the thing. I, don't, I, I didn't see a different personality in him. And and one of the biggest things that they've they've shown us in this in the world of this show of this game is that choice is a big deal. You know what I mean? Yeah, but some something must have happened that he is uh, right. Which which so I think keen, is... uh, uh, he's so keen to uh, beat up uh, uh, Neko. Uh, no pun intended. You know, oh my god. His he's name is called Beat. We, I know. He's I know. Beat. We, we I know, say Beat I know. him up. It's, I know. You couldn't, uh, you couldn't help yourself. I know. This, was, uh, this wasn't even intentional. I know. It's it just, you know, it's very hard. You know, I just beat you on the head with it. Um, it's just, it's, it's, you had no choice. Isaac, I forgive you. I understand you had no choice. <laughs> uh, mamma mia mamma mia um, but yeah so so Beat is not a reaper that apparently wants to kick Neku's ass but not only that when Neku touches this guy he's able to scan him which normally players cannot scan other players and he finds himself and he gets a flashback which this is like the biggest thing so apparently, when you re-enter the game, you re- you get back your previous entrance fee, which in this case means that Neko got back most of his memories. So now he's remembering the fact that he died, but not only that he died, he died murdered. Someone killed him, which I think adds a whole deal of drama to all this, which is very interesting. Um, which I think was a great way of. I believe setting the tone because if we're if we're to think that the first three episodes are an arc in and of themselves, and this is and this is a new arc that's starting um, with episode four, I like that it ends pretty heavy. So it kind of like this this allows you to disconnect from the previous arc and move forward to the next one. Does that make sense? So it kind of yeah. helps the pacing of the show. What do you think? Yeah, I think. I think you're pretty much spot on, honestly, because you need to spice, because something as this can be a bit repetitive if you don't spice it up at times, and then doing stuff like this makes it more fresh, so to speak. Granted, this is just, how should I put it, it had just on a Rims and repeat of uh, the first game, then it would uh, then you could question why they this wasn't a third part uh, mini series, so to speak, if you know what I mean. Right, right. I mean, it's, it's, it's actually pretty good, pretty awesome. Um, and I think that allows us to jump right into episode five. So, apart from the fact that cats are awesome. I don't think so, but that's, I know that's what you're going to say. I mean, cats are awesome. Oh, my God. Um, so on this episode... Don't get me wrong. Dogs are lovely, but I always prefer cats over dogs. 
Cute dog. Um, so, yeah, I know I'm horrible. Um, so this episode. That's nothing new. I, <laughs> I love, I love that um, we get more of the taboo noise and stuff like that. But I like the first. This is the first episode that we ever see Neku care show us that he cares about something, like beyond cheeky or whatever. And the fact that we're starting to see that he loves graffiti, or at least that he, or at least that he hasn't as someone that he admires. Um, there's a lot of stuff that happens on this show. Um, were you? Was I the only one relieved to find that? There's more dimensions to him than just him being like the downer um, traditional JRPG character. Yeah, because uh, uh, had you made him use the downer JRPG character, this could have been old really fast. Yeah, I, if that I think, makes sense. Yeah, I think, I think, I think the. F- I think if this would have gone on a lot longer with us us seeing inside of Neku, like inside of his psyche or what makes him who he is, um, the show was going to start getting stale. I got to admit, after watching episode five, I kind of felt a little like uninterested. But there's a couple of things that happened that kind of grabbed my attention. Again, one being that the fact that his the lessons that he feels cat which is the name of the graffiti artist is transmitting through his art kind of speak to him and kind of define how he goes on with his life right and that's actually very nice to see the idea of being able to do whatever you want how you want and stuff like this this idea of having this agency of choice i think is another way of of the show communicating the fact that choice is a big deal in this world you know what i mean yeah because it kind of talks about how it's all about choice it's all about doing what you want how you want it yada yada um, so I, I like that visitation. I like the fact that we have um, – we, we, we go back to the idea of the taboo noise, which are these noise that are very dangerous. We barely see the composer in this episode, which is interesting, especially when we saw a lot of him on the previous one. Um, but it's not only the fact that he, they're seeing the taboo noise. It's the fact that the new monsters – are attacking Reapers. Oh, and I actually forgot one thing that I didn't mention from the past. Um, we found out that Reapers are previous players. Which yeah, I think which is a makes, big... Yeah, makes big deal, perfect yeah. sense. Yeah. Which uh, makes uh, the whole... Um, which makes... Uh, which explains uh, Beef being a Reaper now. And right. it makes uh, the stakes even higher because... What if uh, Imido, she, she was uh, his, uh, the cost of playing again? She's a Reaper also, even though they claim that she's just, uh, what's it called? The entrance fee? Entrance fee, thank you. But then again, it, it all has to do with the idea of choice. Like and, and and I think and I, and I know it's not a spoiler because we're going to talk about episode six as well, but the conversation, the way that um, in the next episode when we talk about it, I think it it, ta- it tells us about a lot about what's going on with beat, and and so I don't want to rush and go into that. So 
Reapers I mean, are previous... uh, we shouldn't uh, we shouldn't beat it through uh, too fast. Damn you! Um, so you know you love my puns. I know, and I hate myself for it every single moment of every single day. Um, <laughs> so not only do we see the tabloid noise, not only destroying, erasing players, but they're erasing Reapers as well, which is like, okay, that's kind of crazy. Um, we also see the fact that they get power-ups. And, and it's interesting how this nonchalant, like the new character Joshua, which apparently knows a lot, a lot of the underground, like he's been there before, um, he guides... We find out in the previous episode of the fact that there are certain shops that they can go to if there's certain symbols um, where they can buy. Which screams, the, uh, yeah, which screams CRPG. Which screams CRPG. Um, the idea that there's this cafe where this character, Mr. Hannah Kamoka, whatever his name was, the guy that looks like Gohan if he was really, really old. Um he kind of actually he kind of reminds me also about uh about Sojiro from Persona 5. He has that I was vibe. gonna say that. Yeah. 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 So there's always that one guy um that hates kids but can't help but help them. Um <laughs> I wouldn't say that he say that he hates kids though. No, no, I know, but but you know I me mean? like Sojiro, like he's all like when you meet him, he like has nothing to do with kids apart from his like photo Futaba, you know what I mean? Um, yeah. And then he kind of grows fond and becomes like the father figure to everybody. You know, it kind of grows into that, which is awesome, which is typical in most animes. Um, but he takes their phones and adds applications that have like video game effect. And I like how they're using video game mechanics because we know as video gamers that that thing that happened where they upgraded the phones and added the apps, that is something that happens in the game that opens a different layer to the gameplay. Like, there's no way, you know what I mean, that you, that you don't have that happen and it doesn't affect the gameplay. And the fact that it happens in the show in a way that's organic and it adds a new dimension to the show, like, that's the kind of thing that is not, that if it's not directed well, it can feel very tacky or, or like, in your face. You know what I mean? Or forced. Or force. Can, can feel it. Yeah. Did you feel it that way? I didn't. No, it can, uh, it could feel forced. That's what I mean. No, no, but that's what I mean. It didn't feel forced. It felt great. Like it was it was awesome yeah. how how it was just introduced and how they kind of like used it right away, but it was kind of like light. Like they didn't they use one app and spend time using the app that looked like a radar and it allowed them to find noise and different missions. I like the fact that the dynamic of how the composer directs the game is different. Like this one is not sending missions out. And the fact that they're having days where there are no missions and they have to find things to do. You know what I mean? I, I like how that changes the dynamic of it too. Um, so I kind of can see how this game can be very entertaining. Like if you were to play it, you know what I mean? Like, it's one of those games that kind of feels that it could be repetitive, but then there's many little things that will make it entertaining for you to continue to revisit it and enjoy it. Um, and then when you use the camera, one is a camera that allows you to look into the past, which is super cool. 
Um, and the idea of players being able to negotiate with Reapers. I don't yeah. know. There's a lot of which, stuff here that's pretty cool. Which uh, which begs the question: if, in, in, uh, did uh, did uh, as we did a discussion earlier about uh, pre previously in another episode on how he might have played this game more than once, so to speak, uh, as in, uh, the in kid? before Neko before he. Uh, huh. The, the the game that we are aware of, and maybe he has something. He got, uh, did a deal with another Reaper at one point that made him get access to play again, even though he lost. Maybe and because he lost, he played uh, played again. I don't know. Just speculating here. Interesting. That might be a thing. Um, I like how everything that's going on with the taboo noise is kind of like making even Reapers worried and like the main people worried as well. Um, there's a lot of cool things happening in the show. Like, I feel that the show is revving up in a direction that I like. Like, it's becoming serious anime now, so I'm excited. Um, do you have anything in particular to talk about in this episode? No. I am going to say, I am feeling that I'm kind of getting tired of the battles a little bit. Like, yeah, that's, uh, yeah because uh, they need to spice it up with how they should choreograph it. Yeah, I, I feel that they're becoming a little bit monotonous. I, they're adding little things here and there, and they're changing like, the abilities and the magic things that they use a little bit. But everything still feels like kind of repetitive. Um, but then in episode six, there's a lot of information that comes out. <laughs> and and there's a yeah. And the first things and the first thing that we find out is that Joshua, which is the new character that is Neku's partner during his second game, was the guy that killed him. And when I saw it, I'm just, what the fuck? Yep. I did not expect that at all. Like, I expected him to be a, some, I expected him to be like a Reaper or to be something like that. But not only did he kill Neku, which, what in the world? We don't Where know why. Where in the world just, is Carmen San Diego? Really? Um, <laughs> We don't know why. I mean, he why not? Him. We just, <laughs> yeah, right. Um, on Netflix, um, we know that it happened. We don't know why, but we know that Neku doesn't make a big issue of it because he needs a partner to be able to win the game. But when they get to a tough spot battling noise, Joshua is able to display some on world otherworldly abilities. Um, he kind of did like a summon, right? It looked like a summon. And it killed a lot of taboo noise with one shot. And Neku was like, what the hell was that? And then a Reaper comes by and dumps the huge yeah. reveal. You mean James dumped a bomb? 
James dropped, yeah, he dropped a coughing. And he literally drops the ball and says, oh, I know why you have so much power. Because you're not dead. You're alive. So Joshua has found a way to play the Reapers game by choice while still being alive. And that's like, what? That's another layer of interestingness that they're adding. And then now it makes me think, is the way that he got access was because he killed Neku and he kind of like sacrificed Neku to get access? Could be. That's that's some that's some dark shit. <laughs> that, yeah, that's I I thought Castlevania was like last week. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I know what you're thinking. I'm like, oh my god, that's some dark shit. Um but yeah, like Josh was like he's kind of like I've never seen the anime, but he's like monster. You mean uh, he oh oh no you said uh, yeah. You never seen the anime, man. This is a video yeah. game for, but then you said monster, and oh, oh, it clicked. Yeah, I've that never seen is... the, Yeah, the that monster is the one that has to do with the serial that follows a serial killer. Yeah, I know, right? I know, I know. So I've it kind of like it's, it's fan tastic, and we need to cover it on day. Yes, we do. Yes, we do. But it's like this guy's like kind of twisted, and apparently, Mister Hanukamura, whatever his name is, also can. He's a human, but he can interact with the underground. But not only that, apparently he's cat. He's he's apparently this person that has inspired Neku. Like there's a lot of like truth bombs coming out of nowhere. And I don't know what to do with all this information. <laughs> it's just it's just wild right now, bitch. And that even though it's an extreme exposition heavy episode. It might be my favorite uh, of of the series so far, actually. Yeah, yeah. Because uh, yeah. it adds so mu uh, much to the series uh, in so uh, short period of uh, short period of time. Yeah, like this is one of those episodes that it takes what's happened in the previous ones. But now you feel that it's building to some type of climax. You know what I mean? Like it's going, it's it's everything's getting to a head. Especially the way it ends with Minamoto and an army of Tabunois. You know what I mean? Like yeah. and also the also the name of the episode, Turf. Like if you think about turf, you think about gangs, you're thinking about sides, you're thinking about allegiance. You know what I mean? So apparently I don't think there, there's probably some people within the Reapers that are not agreeing with each other and things are going on. That's, that's what it feels like. Like there's going to be like some battles in between Reapers and there's going to be players and Reapers joining forces. There's going to be a lot of interesting things. Um, no, and then they, uh, then they are attacking uh, their answer of uh, death slash uh, Satan and, uh, and save everyone from the, limbo state that they are in yeah and then i mean it could happen i haven't seen this show so no it's the scene as play this game so i mean it can get darker maybe i don't know they'll meet joker somewhere um they'll meet a mementos uh because it's the place with the best beat uh um so yeah i know i'm horrible 
Um, now, we talked about Beat being a reaper, and we see him back here attacking. Kind of, He kind of saves slash attacks Neku. Um, but the way he says it, he's like his mind is set to beat Neku. But it's a mission that he has to do so. So it makes me think that he has been given the task to beat Neku to get something in return. You see what I'm saying? So yeah. I have a feeling that it has to do with rhyme. Like there's something that someone promised beat, and that's why he chose to be a reaper. Uh, defeat Neko for a while and that begs the question of why is it such a big deal of if, uh, k- uh, killing Neko if if you know what I mean if that's it makes you ask deal. the question yeah it makes you ask the question who is Neko yeah now I wonder I wonder do Reapers have to be with partners as well to use Sykes? Because they haven't they explained have a, they yeah, haven't they explained, haven't explained that. that. Which makes me think, what if becoming a Reaper is the way that Neku is able to use Sykes without a partner and thus get to the next level? Or maybe that's where the show is leading because the final boss battles have to do with something like that. That's how you get like the ultimate power-ups or stuff like that. Um, maybe yeah. he has been a reaper, but uh, got uh, got the chance to play again for whatever reason, and someone yeah. doesn't like that. You really like that theory, don't you? I mean, it. Uh, someone that plays the game probably listening to this and is bunking their head, but. I think it could make sense considering how powerful he was at the beginning. If you know True. what I mean. True. True. There's some truth to that. But overall, man, the show's great. This show's great. I love every, all the work with the characters. I like that we have like this um a this this amoral character and like crazy character in Joshua. Um I like that we have Neku and we have an idea of his inspirations. I like that we have Pete in a different role where he's kind of fighting for something and doing questionable things because of maybe something that was promised to him. I like that we're seeing more of Jesse and James. And I like how they're on Me, meow. That's right. Oh, my God. Um, with everything that's going on. And I like the the kind of terror and suspense that we get at the end of the episode with the with Minamoto Minamoto at the top of the ta- at the top of the ceiling of one of the of the roof of one of the towers and all those taboo noise underneath. So there's going to be like a huge battle probably probably this particular arc with him as the composer or whatever it is is going to is going to end on the next episode. Um, so I'm really interested to see how it turns out. It, uh, yeah, it uh, should, uh, should be interesting to see if his uh, calculations has, uh, t- is uh, turning out in, in his advantage. I mean, his quote-unquote mission has a lot of math in- included, and that's not so A lot of math, a lot of big words, everything's measurements. It's 
Um, I do want to see him in his monster form because I because the first one was kind of like a wolf person. I wonder what he's going to be. That was horrible. And you tried again. Okay. I know. Um, but yeah, man. I, I think I think this is it, man. We've we've done our coverage of the world's end with you. It's a fantastic animation. I think of this of this season of anime so far, for being something new based on something old, it, it continues to grab my interest with little things here and there from every with every episode. And I like that the story makes me come back, but also the very simple at very simple and interesting video game nods are the other things that kind of keep me, you know what I mean? Like sometimes yeah. when like the battles become a little boring, the story gets me, but sometimes when the story goes a little wayside, they do a video game nod that kind of just draws me back in. You know what I mean? Yeah. So there's there's a lot of stuff. Exactly what you mean. So so if you love video games, definitely check this show out. If you love anime, give it a chance. If you love JRPGs, this is a fantastic anime for fans of that. Especially if you like stuff that Square Enix has sponsored, produced, or created. This is a great show. You gotta watch the world ends with you. And they use the phrase. They use the phrase in the show. Somebody actually said it. Remember, the world ends with you. And I like the fact that it's really like a – it's like a saying. The name of the show is like a saying. It's like literally you can go as far as you want to go. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it has to be with dreams. And I like that. That's actually pretty awesome. I was not expecting the name of the show to be a thing that we would talk about in philosophy-wise. But that's pretty awesome. Well done. Square Enix. Well done. So, yeah. Mr. Isak, we're wrapping up. Let's do some let's do some um, housekeeping. Where can people find you in the NOS, my brother? Well, you can find me over at Twitter at Emblemaniac. You can also find our pod at Damage Taco Pod on Twitter. And you can find my work over at Wobum Entertainment, where I, whereas I am going to bombard uh, that side with earlier episode now, starting tomorrow. Woohoo! And you can find me at the Scarlet Fan Fifty Two on Twitter, at the Scarlet Fan Fifty Two on Instagram. Have it awesome, guys! We will see you next week with more The World Ends with You, and with more My Hero Academia, and then we have and. Awesome- and the promise uh, and the little project that I have uh, cooking up with Geekly Goods and our good friend Mike Thomas. Oh my goodness! We will see you soon, guys. Peace. Peace. Mm-hmm.